Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, your life connection to the information for a healthy body, an enlightened mind, and a renewed spirit. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Beautiful Earth, where we celebrate the connections to our own bodies, each other, the food we eat, nature, and animals. All these connections that is so easy to ignore when we're rushing around and really occupied in our to-do list and focused on the uh, task ahead of us, that to really take a moment to honor these connections to our own bodies, to the earth, to the food, to each other, it really allows us to feel nourished, supported, loved, and reconnected back into life and really into what matters. And thank you for taking this opportunity to do this. This is in beautiful earth. I I have amazing nationally known, locally known guests that are doing incredible work to promote uh, that remembrance and that reconnection so that we can be healthier, so we can care about each other in the community, so we can stop spreading poisons over our earth and over each other, and so we can care about the wellness of um, our own bodies and animals. So these connections are a way in which we can regain health and happiness and really feel that that not just the I feel obligated to care for each other or the earth or animals, but really so that would be from a moralistic standpoint, but more from a place of feeling in your heart and feeling in your tummy that these are parts of you. So really being inspired from a place of connection Versus from a place of more obligation and shame. So on Beautiful Earth, we really bring people into that remembrance of those connections, those connections that are always there, that are so incredibly important. Today I have three guests, and today the focus is women's radiant health and wellness. You know, I, I, the word wellness is great, but I like radiant health because these three women are really um, – leaders and teachers and healers around bringing people into radiant health. You know, not just the health where you're feeling kind of okay and kind of got energy, but you're, you know, like people don't know that it's not natural and normal to like cough and have congestion after you eat. It's not healthy or normal to feel tired after you eat. You actually should be energized and feel great and no coughing, no congestion, and it's not normal to wake up in the morning with congestion. I remember having that conversation with a few um, friends lately, and um, they were surprised. They were surprised. They were like, oh, I'm like, yeah, that's a sign because that congestion is actually coming in. You know, you have one tube that goes from your mouth to your anus. It's one tube. And when congestion comes up in the morning or after you eat, that's coming from inflammation and stuff that you ate. So, Our guests today are going to go really incredibly um, information tips and uh, ways that you can move into radiant health. And, you know, why aren't we in radiant health? And and so I'm really grateful that uh, these three ladies have come together and they're going to tell you a little bit about themselves. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a really great show. Like, um, just, you know, the the worth and the value of this, I mean, it's this could be a webinar where you're paying $300 for it. So I hope you really see the value and the worth of, of what they're offering, because I know I do. 
and um, and that you share this information. That this information they're going to give you is something that is really, if you if you have some loved ones that are wondering about their health, some women in your life that are really worried about maybe breast cancer or fertility or overall like like why am I on so many prescriptions um these three ladies or or maybe you're in perimenopause each of these ladies have a specialty in these topics and and I hope you listen they've got some incredible resources so before I bring them on um as beautiful earth we're talking about the earth I am so excited I just want to catch you up because it's been a while since I have done a radio show I um I have been in transition of creating, still doing my one-on-one sessions, loving it, just loving to show people how beautiful they are. Um, my work changes lives, and it's changed hundreds of lives. And so I'm still doing my one-on-one sessions. I'm still doing retreats. I am still offering mentoring and uh, teacher's training and certifying people in the self-acceptance process and in auricular acupuncture and um, trauma homeopathy. And I've got some students right now in that program. I'm really loving it. And um, so I'm still doing that. But I also created a 5013C called Mother Bear Sanctuary. And I'm so excited about that because it's, it's a dream come true of rescuing animals so they rescue people. And we're going to focus on elderly dogs so that they can go into senior homes. And, you know, our materialistic um, Society is really based our value on what we do, right? You ever had those days where you're like, I didn't do anything, so you don't feel good, you don't feel worthy? Well, that's from the collective consciousness that says, I have to do something to be worthy. And that's not true. You're worthy because you exist. You exist because you're worthy. You don't look at a baby and say, ah, you don't have any degrees, you're not worthy. You know, and that's why animals really teach us that. They show their joy and their vitality and they... They don't have to have anyone's approval or um, get any degrees or accomplish anything. So animals are, uh, we're going to rescue elderly dogs and um, take them into senior homes. And then I have an outreach program I put together to really help children reconnect back to animals and nature and go into the urban uh, and the city areas where they don't have access to animals or nature. And, um, you know, there's, there's, so much research out there, I mean, an abundance of research that shows that our disconnect from animals and nature actually is a high contributor to ADD, um, Asperger's, and um, we have nature deficit disorder, <laughs> and that's a real thing. You know, Freud, Freud really did a lot of damage in thinking that we just need a mom and a dad, and we're, we're healthy mom, dad, and we're healthy. You could almost live in a closet. But then it was Carl Jung that really brought in there's this collective consciousness that we're more than just our mom and dad relationships, that our relationship with the earth, the food, each other, that also makes a healthy human being. But Freud has really convinced people that they don't need nature. And then, you know, it's really affected our psyche and it's affected our health and it's affected our ability to care, our ability to even care about what's happening because we're so disassociated, disconnected, um, and don't even realize it. And um, so, again, that's that's the whole purpose of the show. <laughs> so I'm excited about the sanctuary. And then I'm also really excited about, if you haven't checked out Tanya Thunberg. Um, I'm sorry, I always get her name uh, 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 wrong because I have a friend with a similar name, Greta Thunberg. Greta, Greta. Greta is this amazing 16-year-old powerhouse. 
that started protesting by not going to school. And then she created these TED Talks about the climate crisis. And um, gosh, check out her work. She has initiated a whole global movement of children protesting about uh, what's happening on the planet. And I don't know if you um, are up with the European news that um, recently, recently, um, Nicole, Nicola Sturgeon from the Scottish First, she's the Scottish First Prime, Prime Minister, she's declared a climate, minister, uh, climate emergency. And that um, so has the Swedish, um, I don't know if they call it Prime Minister or Leader, has declared a climate emergency. But, you know, two countries have declared a climate emergency. And, um, you know, I just think about how Europe is always seems to be ahead of America when it comes to health and wellness. You know, like they, they knew years ago that genetically modified foods actually alter the healthy bacteria in our gut. And then we know when that healthy bacteria is not healthy, it creates um, cancer, immune system problems. You know, so years and years they outlawed GMOs in Europe. You know, and then I also think about, you know, we know that a baby's immune system is not even developed until, uh, you know, three years after, like later. So they do vaccines later. You know, whether you're pro or, or not pro vaccine, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just saying physiologically the immune system isn't even developed. So we're putting a something in there before it has some, a way to cope with it. So Europe, what do they do? They give the vaccines later. I just... You know, here they are declaring climate crises, and we're still doing the um, craziness of arguing whether it's real or not and, and really believing the um, mass hypnosis of that it's somehow not happening. And it's um, a bit mind-boggling to me. Um, but I understand. People are scared. And when we're scared, we don't open our eyes. We don't honor the connections. We don't honor each other. And um, it's sometimes – and that's, that's a big – cornerstone of my work is like helping people to uh, reestablish those connections and not be so trapped in fear and maybe even shame uh, about what's happening um, because it's, it, it can be like really eye-opening to see how making different food changes and um, different changes in your life can really help the planet and help each other and that your actions do matter. So I'm really excited about um, Greta Thunberg and her uh, incredible work. Check out her TED Talk. It, it is. It. I want to grow up and be her, <laughs> even though she's 16. Like she's, her focus and power and uh, passion is just amazing. And um, all right, so I'm going to bring on my three guests, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves because I don't have their bios in front of me. <laughs> so I'm going to apologize ahead of time. <laughs> Uh, all right, ladies, let me hit the button here, bring all you wonderful folks on, and um, let's see here. There we go. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi, Barbara. Hey. Hi. So each of you can introduce yourself and, and uh, what you do. I would be so grateful, and even if you can toot your horn a little bit, I, I, I would normally toot your horn for you. <laughs> but if you could please just say a little bit about what you do, that would be great. Whoever would like to go. Well, I'll go if nobody else will. 
Uh, Great, I'm Lisa you. Baker, and uh, I'm Lisa Baker, and I'm an integrative nutrition health coach and a the COO of a family of four. Um, I live in a half-empty nest <laughs> in Ann Arbor, Michigan, mm-hmm. and um, I generally work with uh, women over the age of 40. Uh, we can talk a lot more about that later. Um, so that's what I do. Thank you. Thank you. And Jessica or Vicki? I'm, I'm happy to go. This is Jessica. Um, I am a physician okay. assistant in obstetrics and gynecology. I have been working in this field for about 20 years. About 10 years ago, I found the field of uh, functional medicine or biochemistry-based medicine, and I've evolved that now to start to work with women with fertility issues to give them a well-rounded uh, thoughtful plan in order to allow them to conceive naturally for a healthy um, mom and a healthy baby. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And Vicki? Hi, I'm, um, I'm Dr. Vicki Modica. Uh, I'm a naturopathic physician. And uh, mostly, I, well, I've been in this field for, and I discovered this field about 11 years ago. Um, I've always been really interested in biology and science and when I discovered I was living in the Seattle area and I discovered naturopathic medicine I was really excited and decided to just jump right in in the middle of my career uh, and change and switch into this this really amazing and interesting field much like uh, what Jessica describes um, in um, functional medicine uh, naturopathic medicine it's a is a type of medicine that um, that sees you as a whole. It's a holistic medicine that looks at your environment, mm-hmm. looks at you know everything about a person that makes them well. And I found that so exciting. Mm-hmm. So um, I mm-hmm. mostly see people mm-hmm. who are in their 30s and above who are struggling with chronic illness, um, mm-hmm. diabetes, cardiovascular disease, dementias, cognitive decline, um, mm-hmm. digestive disorders, and that sort of thing. Great, great. Thank you, ladies. Um, Lisa, why don't you start us off? Like, I, let's first just kind of define the problem without without going overly. Uh, I, I really want to focus on the solution and fo- focus on uh, what people can do, but we need to understand really what's happening. And so, can each of you, and we'll have Lisa start off with, um, you know, why why aren't we healthy? Why are, why don't why don't women have radiant health? Well, I think um, maybe the best way to start that conversation is to talk about like what we think radiant health really means. And mm. um, for me, I think you can summarize it in like five immortal words from when Harry met Sally. I'll have what she's having, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, when you walk into <laughs> when you walk into a room and people look at you, there is just something about you that attracts people and it's not necessarily because you have you know a beach body or you can twist yourself into some kind of yogic pretzel it's not because you have a particular kind of skin or hair or clothes and it really is sort of a a glowing from the inside out I think and for Mm. me what I find is that a lot of times people are not radiantly healthy particularly women because we don't get in touch with 
that little pilot light can become that flame, like that pilot light that becomes our our inner mm. flame that can light us up from the inside. Um, I think, you know, as women, whether we give birth or not, we're, you know, we are the mothers, we're the creators and the nurturers of life. And, and Barbara, like you were talking about, it's not just children, but it's our communities and our planet and our, our you know, nonprofit organizations and things like that are really driven by women. And I think to live into that calling, we really need to be in touch with our sort of our inner pilot light, our, our divinity maybe is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, this plays out in two ways. Um, I see women using two expressions that just really put me on notice, like, oops, there's something going on there. One is we spend a lot of time comparing ourselves to others and thinking uh, to ourselves, like, what we should be doing. Like, that word should, as soon as that crops up, I'm always thinking, oh, yeah, we really are just shooting all over ourselves. You know, you just stop looking outside yourself for the answers and start looking inside. Mm-hmm. And I know that Jessica and Vicki, you also really look at that. I mean, you're looking at the, like, the deepest internal causes of our health issues rather than all these external like, oh, slap this Band-Aid on, take this pill, drink this smoothie. It's really looking for the causes rather than treating symptoms. So that's one thing mm-hmm. is the, the, the expression, I should do this. The second one is yeah. um, I, I used to. Um, you know, we, we all hear about how, oh, don't go on social media because, you know, everybody's like acting like a unicorn and feeling like a donkey. And, you know, they're not, you don't see reality. <laughs> On social media, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're already, we're really aware of the fact that we go on social media and we look at each other's lives and we think, oh my gosh, I want, you know, I want that. Why am I not living that? Why am I not healthy? Um, but I think the other part of that equation is, are you also comparing yourself to to who you used to be? Um, and I think this probably mm-hmm. crops up more in my work because I work predominantly with women over 40. But, you know, after should, the next expression that puts me on notice that there's some work to do is I used to. I used to be able to run mm-hmm. a half marathon. I used to lift X number of pounds. I used to go on four hours of sleep. You know, it's like I used to, I used to, I used to. And you've just completely lost touch with the fact that you are mm-hmm. not that person now. So, you know, you're not, you're not in the present. You're living in the past, and you're comparing yourself to what you used to be instead of thinking about, you know, what is so powerful about the, the phase I'm in now? How can I be the healthiest mm-hmm. now and do the most good, not just in the world, but also for myself mm-hmm. now? Girl. So I think those are, those are the ways that we, we sort of lose track of, of radiant health is, is comparing ourselves to that others and great, comparing ourselves to who we used to be. Yeah, yeah, that is such fantastic advice. Um, so whether uh, Jessica or, or um, yeah. uh, Ricky, Actually, uh, would if you I guys? Could, uh, I'd love to add yeah, on please. to that. I, uh, the first yeah. thing I thought when you asked that question was, um, Facebook depression, because it should be a DSM-5 criteria at this point in time. Oh. You know, everybody looks at Facebook and does the exact same thing. And so, you know, I love the, I love the unicorn and donkey expression, Lisa. That was wonderful. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that from you. Um, yep, we're so all I yeah, acting thing. like unicorns, stealing like donkeys. That's it. That's it. That's it. 
And um, the other thing I think is uh, our society now is holding us currently in a space of lack and fear. And so when people can, can or not even people, environment can control, the best control over others is to make them feel wanting and make them feel fearful. And then everyone can line mm-hmm. up and do what, you know, what might be um, quote unquote expected of them. Uh, so, and you can physically watch that, and that that is related to our current health decline, which you can also relate to the decline in the health of the earth. You can see this all mm-hmm. draining in the same direction, um, and so we can see that whole entire connection. So we have to find a way to move out of that um, space of lack and fear. I went to an energy conference uh, about a year and a half ago, and when we say energy, we all think about um, energy of self and vibrance and and uh, radiance. But when this with this conference, what energy was in relation to was mitochondrial health, which is the part of the cell that actually makes energy, so that you can have that vibrance on a cellular level, organ level, then body level. And it was so interesting because you go to a biochemistry-based conference for three days and you expect you're going to learn about the biochemistry. But what we actually learned about was meditation. We meditated three times a day. Uh, They talked to us about how to get news addicts off the news, you know, turn off the news, stop listening to what is being told to you from a box and start thinking about yourself and listening to yourself and finding that place inside of yourself of vibrance uh, with more of a, a center where we have self-love and nourishment and a, sen- and a feeling of enough as opposed to lack. Um, I'm sure everyone knows here, at least knows Brene Brown, you know, where she talks about um, it, enough being the opposite of lack. It's not abundance. And we're finding ourselves in this society where we either feel that we are, well, we do feel like we're lacking a lot, so we make up for it with abundance, where we really have to focus ourselves and center ourselves on enough. Mm, 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 mm-hmm. Beautiful. Enough is the opposite of lack. And then we don't yeah. have to feel like a unicorn or a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> or you can still be that so unicorn with that. enough, you know. So. Hey, there you go. Wow. Uh, so, Vicky, this, Vicky, do you this, have? Yeah, this is Vicky. Vicky, yeah. yeah. What? Um, any thoughts on what was talked about, or would you like to say anything about like what is radiant health, and, and or what is why or why don't we have radiant health? So, um, I just welcome any of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's hard to follow these two very abundant women. They have so many good things to say. Um, I, I love, you know, I love what Lisa was saying about, you know, women, you know, looking, it's sort of looking right now at where you are in life and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the health that you can have now. I was thinking as I was, you know, just pondering what we would talk about today was about this continuum mm-hmm. of health you know, that we have and, you know, and how, you know, how you would define health or radiant health for, you know, a a child, Mm -hmm. you know, versus, you know, a college-aged person or someone in their 30s or 60s or 70s and how it's so different. And I know a lot of the patients that I see and talk to, you know, are always looking for what they had, you know, in the past rather than, you know, sort of being present with what their bodies are now and, Mm -hmm. and where they are now in their lives and finding the joy that they can and what they have. Um, So I just wanted to, Mm. you know, you know, just 
you know, put a little bookmark on, on what Lisa um, talked about there. And then um, Jessica, you know, Jessica is such a strong and scientific brain that, that is so balanced with, um, you know, the, the emotional needs and energetic needs of women. She, she always astounds me. Uh, this, this sort of hmm. idea of mitochondrial health um, is so new and so old also, you know, and, hmm. you know, and I think of it, I think of it as this kind of four legged stool of energy. Right. And um, this mitochondrial health, adrenal health, thyroid health, and emotional health, like they all, you know, are those things that light that pilot that uh, Lisa was talking mm. about, that pilot flame, right? And so mm. from a, you know, naturopathic or functional medicine perspective, you know, there's so many things that come into that, right? And that, that flame is, is what we need for radiant health. Um, and I know I can be a bit of a literalist, uh, but when I think of radiant health, I think in terms of an object that puts out energy, right? Like a radiator or, you know, a pilot flame or something, you know? And so somebody who's radiantly healthy is abundant with health, right? Like they're so abundant with their energy that they have some to give. Right. And so you you can see that in a person, you know, you can see that glow. Uh, You can see that shine, Mm -hmm. you you, you know, you can physically see it um, and you can feel it when you're in their presence. And I think, Radiant health mm-hmm. is something that we all sort of know um, innately, right? When we're sitting with it, mm-hmm. when we're around it, the glow of personality. They're com- they're often more positive. You know, people who are radiantly healthy can see and feel a good future, right? And they can and they can help you with that as well, right? They have a lot to give mm-hmm. to the world. So I mean, mm-hmm. I think you know some of the reasons that we're not you know, we're not radiantly healthy now. I mean, it's huge, right? This is a huge topic and it's all been hit upon a little bit already. I think, you know, we live in a toxic soup, right? And, and that those toxins or toxicants are so many different kinds of things, right? Um, their negativity, their violence on TV, their economic stress, like everybody has an individual situation um, that would make them not radiant or not healthy, you know, drugs, alcohol, you know, the chemicals that are being pumped into our environment, you know, the endocrine disruptors and um, thousands of new chemicals our bodies have never evolved with that are put into the environment, uh, radiation, those sorts of things. These are all pulling from our, our radiant energy, right? Um, and then yeah, and what particularly about the toxins, women. Yeah, what, yeah, what about the toxins mm-hmm. we're deliberately putting in and thinking they're medicine? Could you, you have such a, a passion and wisdom around why prescriptions are not fantastic. Uh, can you give us some of the uh, the information around that? Like, um, yeah, like what, I mean, what I, prescriptions okay. are really doing? Right. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a couple things to unpack in that. Um, so, like, so I'm not anti-prescription, right? I'm a, you know, I'm a naturopathic physician, and that means that I have a foot both in conventional medicine and in natural medicine, and I feel like um, even though that's the truth, I lean so fully, you know, so much to my naturopathic side um, in how I work practically. But that doesn't mean I don't recognize, you know, the advances of, of conventional medicine, including pharmacy and uh, prescription medicines. Um, I think the, the problem 
there, there are many problems beyond the scope of this talk today, but just the overuse of them and the abundant use of them um, or the use of them as a primary tool versus, you know, uh, where they should be in used as a tool, you know, for when you've tried the less invasive methods. Um, so um, I probably will go off on a tangent just because you said prescription, but, um, but um, they, do. you know, they're polluting our bodies, right? Um, they are, you know, they're slippery. They can be a slippery slope where one prescription leads to another prescription to cover its uh, side effects. Um, and those prescriptions are ending up in our water. So they're polluting our environment. There's so much to say about it. Yeah, please. Oh, I just wanted to add in also Vic, uh, Dr. Vicki and I have spoken about this significantly and we are like-minded. Um, but the other thing about when we put prescription medications in our body is we have to eliminate their byproducts. And so every time that isn't a magical process that happens in our body, we have our vitamins in our body that are cofactors, which are basically transporters. They grab things and take them out of your system. And so what we're doing is we're using our vitamins to remove the um, byproducts of prescription medications from our body. And then we are depleting those vitamin levels that are, are optimally made for other purposes within our own biochemistry in order to, in order to assist our health. So unfortunately, um, it is so hard. It is impossible for any of us to understand which of these cofactors, i.e. vitamins, are removing each of these chemicals from our body. So we have to be very, very aware that we might be inviting a depletion in our body when we are bringing in another chemical. That's a great way to put it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. This, you know, all medications have a profile, you know, of, you know, what they do in your body. And so many of them uh, deplete certain vitamins and minerals that we know that they deplete. Um, and, you know, I, I think that the way Jessica and I would look at somebody who's on prescription medications is to look at that profile and see what that body might need back because those vitamins and minerals are what helps your body or those are tools for it to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And if I could, I'd mm-hmm. love to, I'd love to extend this just a little bit to pesticides. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. now I was listening to a, a webinar. Um, I think it was uh, Dr. Mark Cohen who is in uh, Australia, I believe. And he was talking about uh, pharmaceuticals and pesticides. Um, and it was, he made this fascinating, you know, comparison of the two, right? And, you know, we think of, um, you know, pharmaceuticals as, you know, sometimes, you know, um, uh, difficult, like we have a difficult time navigating uh, pharmaceutical medicines. Uh, we sometimes we think of them, especially people on, on the natural medicine side, you know, we, we can often think of them as bad guys, right? But then we think about pesticides in relationship to them. And pharmaceuticals are guilty, right, until they're proven innocent, right? They're, they go through rigorous, you know, or, you know, somewhat rigorous trials, right, a trial system including clinical trials. Um, but pesticides are, are considered innocent until they're proven guilty, right? They're designed mm-hmm. to kill where pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. are designed to help, right? Wow. There's no clinical trials, right, for pesticides. Right. So, you know, whole populations can take and ingest varying doses um, of pesticides throughout their lifetime, and no one's monitoring that. 
right? So mm-hmm. at least pharmaceuticals, you know, have some monitoring system. There's a, hopefully a doctor monitoring, you know, somebody who's taking them, um, and there's regulation even after they're released to the market. But it's an, an enormous process to remove a pesticide from the market, um, even if, if it's with, you know, it takes like a global action to withdraw uh, a pesticide from the market. And you can think of DDT oh. as an example mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. So I just wanted to extend that for a moment. Why aren't we healthy, right? What's in the way? What are yeah. our Yeah. These are some of those things. Ooh. Ooh, I know that somebody listening to this could be a bit overwhelmed because they think about, okay, my neighbor's spraying pesticides. There's pesticides on my food. There's the, it's, it's everywhere. So, like, um, what are steps that we can take to um, proactively not uh, be have our bodies depositories of pesticides. Is there, is there things we can do with food? Are there things that we can do uh, with habits? Uh, um, Lisa, is there is there foods that you that are are specific for cleaning out the body that you can just kind of start us off on that topic? Um, you know, I I don't do a lot of uh, work with quote unquote detoxes, but one thing I will say is that um, if we're looking to improve our health, uh, sort of irrespective of whether you are a carnivore or a vegetarian or a vegan, one thing that really comes up over and over again with my clients is you know there there is no quote unquote right diet. Um, but I will say that the diets that tend to make people healthiest focus on whole foods and um, not just on whole foods, but what I call soul foods, which are seasonal, organic, local, and ethical. Um, and by choosing to put those foods into your body, I think you are changing your health in, in several different ways. And uh, then, you know, if you feed yourself that way, you're, you're, sort of not having to deal with the question of how to get rid of the bad stuff because you're not putting bad stuff in. Now, you know, over time, your body will detox itself, and there are some times where we need to help it with, you know, things like heavy metals that need to be taken out. That doesn't happen naturally very easily. But I think um, when, I, when I speak about food with my clients, it's really this focus on soul foods, partly because, you know, when you eat seasonally and organically and locally, your body just becomes much more in tune with nature and the way it wants to live. And the one factor that a lot of people don't take into account is sort of the ethical question. Um, So for me, you know, to have its sort of highest vibration, (laughs) its highest uh, energy, a food really needs to be ethical as well. And so when we think about um, a lot of the superfoods that we get excited about, um, something like quinoa, for example, um, quinoa was grown in South America by farmers who practiced very holistic farming methods. You know, whether they were organic or not, they were very traditional, probably better than organic in some ways. Um, you know, mm. polyculture. When we in the West become obsessed with a superfood, um, the people who grow it think, oh, here's our chance. You know, we can, we can finally make some money and be better off. And they switch over to producing something like that exclusively. They've just become monoculture the way we have with, you know, corn, soy, wheat in our country and really destroy the, not just the environment, but when you think about, you know, every year there's something new. Like first it's kale. Well, now cauliflower is the new kale, right? (laughs) Uh, 
quinoa is like, okay, yeah, it's still out there, but there's some other things taking over. And what happens to these people who are growing these superfoods afterwards is that they fall by the wayside. And the people who are growing it for you cannot afford to feed their own families. So energetically speaking, that's really problematic for me. Like if I'm eating a food, I want to know that like every hand that touched it along the way can afford to feed their own family. Um, Mm -hmm. So when I, when I work with clients, it's much more about bringing in the good stuff, sort of crowding out the bad stuff rather than let's get rid of all these toxins in your life um, in a certain way. It's like, let's, let's crowd them out gradually with really good vibrational energy food. Mm, mm, I love that. Uh, seasonal, seasonal, organic, local, and ethical soul foods. <laughs> that is that is something that sticks in the memory. Thank you for that. Um, what uh, what can people do, uh, um, Jessica or Vicky, Dr. Vicky, of uh, uh, creating health in their life? Or what do you recommend to your clients? Dr. Vicki, would you like to go or should I yep. go? Or? Sure. Sure. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um you know, I think mm-hmm. I think that I think that we there's so much noise, you know, in the marketplace, on the internet, you know, everywhere about health right now. And I, I think that there's a good reason for that. I think we're all looking for something, right? There's something that we're not getting or something that we're getting too much of and we're trying to you know, we're trying to navigate, um, you know, the, our healthcare systems. We're trying to navigate, you know, especially as women, these lives where we're supposed to be everything and have everything, and we never really feel like we have enough. And, and so I often, you know, I just like to say, let's, you know, just get back to basics. Uh, basics are where our health foundation, you know, is. And just like Lisa was saying, you know, with the soul food example, I really, um, I really believe in that wholeheartedly, you know, getting back to clean and good food. Uh, it may be number one, the number one thing we can do in our lives, but, you know, I think that, you know, you could sleep could compete with that as well, right? Like oh, yeah. getting good <laughs> for sure. quality sleep um, regularly, right? Like every day having that sleep schedule, uh, because sleep is really emotional first aid as well. And so, so many of us are struggling with, you know, maybe anxieties or depressions. And if you could just get back to sleeping at all on a regular schedule, um, you, you know, you would be feeling better. Um, other, you know, other basics would obviously be to move, right? Move your body in whatever way you can and, um, and have a, you know, good social community environment that you foster um, that brings meaning to your life. If you look to the blue zones in the world, you know, those are some of the basic tenets of how they live, you know, movement, good food, and community. And these, these are the areas of the world where people live, you know, commonly to be, you know, a hundred years old. Um, and so I'd like to look at those as, you know, as the, um, the best experiments, the best way we could look at like, you know, um, how, uh, what kind of lifestyles uh, promote the best health and, and longevity, and more importantly, quality of life as we age. Um, and those mm-hmm. are some of the large, the, the big tenets of those lifestyles. 
Um, as women, I think mm. understanding too that we we can't do everything, we can't be everything, you know, and being okay with that. Um, I think that's something mm. that we come to as we get older. Um, but uh, just understanding that, you know, journaling, taking some time for yourself, uh, and um, and meditating. And I know Jessica. Uh, loves to talk about meditation, so I'll, uh, I, I'll let her expand on that some more if she wants. Uh, but meditation, there's just nothing. I mean, it, it's so, so amazing for your emotional and psychological health. Which means there's a principle health, that I teach. It's all the same. Yeah, there is, and there's a principle that I teach in my work that is, um, you know, our mind, our ego would always like to take a problem and make it really complicated, because it's a trick for us to not make changes. And so, health is always simple and. Um, happiness is always simple. It's always the simple thing, like compassion towards ourselves and others, or like you're saying, rest and good food and movement in the blue zones where people live to 100. And I found in giving talks and teaching, it's like I can't give the simple answer right away because I have to actually convince the mind for maybe 30 or 40 minutes that, yeah, if you just stop drinking so much soda and caffeinated products and get more water – your back might feel better. Your legs might feel better. No, you don't have to take those two prescriptions and and uh, uh, do this complicated thing. Go towards the simple. Like uh, like uh, Jessica was saying earlier, like try this. Or, no, no, it was you, Dr. Vicky, was saying. I guess it doesn't matter. But um, like we're all saying, like do the simple things first, and and then and then then once you do the simple things, if you still need the um, you know simple things consistently for a few months, and then if you still need the surgery or drug, okay. Um, and I love what you were saying the other day uh, when we were walking down in Dan Arbor Street, and you were saying um, that you there's studies that show you can die from a lack of sleep sooner than you can die from a lack of food. Was that right? Uh, yeah. Well, the studies would be probably unethical to have, you know, humans, um, you know, sleep deprived to the extent that they might die from it. Uh, but in animals, uh-huh. uh, you know, which unfortunately uh, we've done. Ah, these studies, don't go there. No. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, I know. Uh, but you know, and one of the things, um, uh, you know, the even the Guinness Book of World Records will no longer allow sleep deprivation you know, to be one of the records that people try to attain, right, because it's so unhealthy. Um, and mm. I think as, mm. as we move forward with more sleep research, um, I think one of, some of the things that are going to come out of it is what a huge contribution it has, uh, a lack of sleep has to chronic disease, especially mm. um, dementias and cognitive thinking um, decline and disorders. Over time, uh, I think those things are going to be a big part of um, of dementia in the future. Uh, of understand our understanding of how dementia, the etiology or the cause of dementia in the future. Mm, mm. So sleep is yeah, you know, it's, obviously um, very important. Yes, it. Yeah, it is. It really is. And you know, um, Jessica, I wanted to hear you speak a bit. You know, a big part of I think all our work, and I know in my work is, I have to shift. Uh, sh- sh- shift. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm crack myself up. Um, I have we could talk about elimination sleep. too. That's kind of big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We that's yeah. really important, right? That's one of those simple things. You, you should have that yeah. a couple times a day. But um, so 
I have to shift people's paradigm into really believing in possibility, more more faith in the possibility than in the problem. And people take these labels that have been put on them, whether a disease label, and they say, oh, this is just what I am the rest of my life. And they take the labels of, oh, I am a bipolar or I'm manic depressive, and that's just who I am. And, you know, I've I've had um, now hundreds of people where those things are not true, and they, they were able to, to heal out of it. And what I love about your work, I love about all your works, because all of you are saying, hey, you don't have to sit there and complacently uh, live in a slow-moving river of misery. You can have a better, healthier, radiant life. And, and um, each of you are, are teaching, uh, Liz, Liz, you're teaching people and, and guiding women over the age of 40 and and Dr. Vicky, you are powerfully helping people to get off the of prescriptions uh, when appropriate and and really radiant health. But Jessica, you are like you are breaking a paradigm. I think is so one of the many limiting paradigms that we believe that women can't give birth over forty. And you're um, you've had many many success success cases about that. So. Could you speak on that a little bit? Sure. Sure. I would like to add two things, actually, with um, with what Dr. Vicki was saying, and then we'll definitely get to the fertility aspect. Oh, sure. Um, sure. But when we take a look at um, all of these aspects, so when we're looking at the whole person and we are looking at the changes that need to be made. So um, Dr. Vicki spoke of sleep and nutrition and um community, sense of community. And I think people lack that a lot these days because we're so busy and we're on our social media as opposed to in person. And not that that can't be a community. Don't misunderstand at all because sometimes that does give you a good support. Um, But sense of community is one of those things that can make women say, wait a minute, do I have what I need for balance, you know? Um, And when we take a look at all of these aspects and I say, okay, I need to go to bed at the right time and I need to make sure I ate my organic fruits and vegetables and I ate my rainbow of of colors and I had a low stress and I did my meditation and I ran two miles and, 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 well, forget it. I'm just going to go sit down with a bowl of ice cream in front of Netflix because I think (laughs) I'm going to feel much better then, you know, so... I think what's really important is that we take a look at one small part, not necessarily the scariest one. So for some people, it might be diet or exercise. And don't pick that one. Pick one small part that's doable. Do that one small thing. Have loving kindness for yourself. And then you can watch the Mm -hmm. ripple effect. You know, you can see one little drop fall and then it can actually enhance those other areas of your life and I know Lisa was talking about this in her presentation on Saturday that I was lucky enough to attend and it's so very true that you can see one pick me up and it pulls up your energy and then you say okay I've got this I can do this and then you move on to the next and the next and before you know it you know you you have arrived to this to this place of that radiant health that we were speaking of so when I, when I approach the, the woman who is trying to get pregnant, and one reason I love this population so much is because I feel you will never find a woman more motivated than the woman who wants to have a baby. Uh, when we want mm. to be a mom in that sense, when we want to have a child of our own, um, we're willing to, com- to not compromise ourselves, do things that we otherwise wouldn't do. We're willing to change the way that we eat. We're willing to really look at what we're putting in our body, how we're treating our body. And although I wish we could all always look at ourselves in the sense that if we are hurting, care for our own selves 
as if we were our own child. Mm. However, that mm-hmm. doesn't, that, you know, if we can do that, that's wonderful. And I think that if we can start approaching health on a vast scale as women in that regard, that would be great. But the pregnant or the woman who wants to be pregnant is motivated at a different level. So, um, yes, I think that women at, at 40 think that they need to close the door and they start looking at statistics and about birth defects. And one thing that we do know about, especially, for example, Down syndrome, which is twi- trisomy 21, so it's three chromosomes instead of the two chromosomes number uh, 21 uh, in that embryo. And what happens when that phase of egg di- or a cell division occurs is that the, the chromosomes aren't stuck and adhered to the walls as well to separate nicely into two and two. And then you end up in a situation where you have three and one. So um, I'm sure, I'm not sure if that made sense, but um, trust me on this since we don't have time to go into uh, all of that. Um, so, but what we can actually do is through this healthcare of our own is act, uh, in this sense of looking at all of these properties is we can help those chromosomes get stronger through all of these different nodes or possibilities of care that we're looking at. Um, and I do, as Dr. Vicki had said, I do believe that, I mean, meditation absolutely is part of that. Um, it affects us on a cellular level where there is now current research that says we are seeing telomere lengthening with meditation. So telomeres mm-hmm. are basically the, the end tails of the, of the DNA that basically slowly, as we age, start getting shorter, shorter, and shorter. And then when the tail is gone, the cell dies. And so ultimately, when those tails get shorter and shorter, that's how we know we're, you know, that's the aging process. So basically through this meditation process, we're finding we can actually reverse that telomere shortening. And now we're finding we can actually Mm. lengthen telomeres. And I know that heart ah. math has, um, yeah, okay, <laughs> so heart math is um, definitely um, involved in this research as well. So it's so very interesting to see that it's crossing into the world of really, truly, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, we can get our hands on it. You know, we can, it's tangible. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing that this actually mm-hmm. can can occur. And so, um and meditation can be tough, and um, it's nice to have someone like you, Barbara, who actually can help bring people into that realm of meditation and to find people that help with um, uh, meditation in your own community as well if you're not local to Barbara, although she is amazing, I have to say. Um, so oh, thank that you. Is one, you're welcome. Well, that is one big part of um, getting pregnant but empowering women. And I can tell you one story of a woman who was sent to me who is – I believe she's 43 and she came to me and she said all of these things, you know, she had, she was completely lined up. Everything was aligned, her, her nutrition, her exercise, everything. She's a medical provider. And so she knows what needs to be done. And I had to sit and convince her. And she said, I'm not sure if this is going to work. She was actually an IVF patient. And I, I sat there and simply said, well, why, why wouldn't it work? Let's look at, let's look at this. And I basically sat there and went through each step and told her about this ideally healthy woman sitting in front of me. And when she left, mm. she was like, oh, okay, I'll come back when I'm pregnant. I said, okay, 
I want to know when you're pregnant, you know, and sure enough, now she has a little girl and um, <laughs> healthy baby, you know, and so we'll see if there's another one in the future. And so now she must be 43. That was just this past year. Um, so that's, that's how we, how we get there. You know, we have to know we can do it. Um, and I think we've gotten back to that point of feeling lack or sadness or I can't do it when we've hit that time of 40 years of age. And that's just not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. That is just the telomeres lengthening uh, for meditation and um, really inviting women into greater possibility. That is just uh, powerful words. Um, so we are at the tail end of, um, and we do have a, a bit more time, but I would love to hear, um, you know, from each of you, anything else that you feel would be important for people to know about Radiant Health or anything that you're offering that you would like to invite people in? And then also, um, how do people contact you and, and learn more about what you're doing? And uh, why don't we, uh, Lisa, why don't you, uh, again, lead us on that uh, topic, if you will? All right. Um, well, like I said, I generally work with women over 40 who are really looking to make the next stage of their lives the happiest and healthy and healthiest ones yet. Um, it's sort of contrary to popular opinion, but it can be that way. Um, mm. And so I uh, have several offerings. I work with people one-on-one. I work with groups. Um, I also have an online membership site for women over 40, um, and that membership site is turning one year old in June. Woohoo! So we're having a Yay! big celebratory month of fabulous prizes and all kinds of fun stuff. So um, the best way to get in touch with me if you want to learn more about this community, um, and what I'm trying to do with the community really is provide um, community information and inspiration for this next phase of our lives. Um, it's funny, I wanted to go back to what Jessica was saying about, about pregnancy and childbirth at this age because I just read this wonderful book called Period, The End, uh, and it's written sort of like wit, wit and wisdom for women going into perimenopause. And uh, the, the premise of the book is, is really clever. It actually says, you know, some people have compared perimenopause to like pregnancy on steroids or puberty on steroids, you know. But um, at the end of pregnancy, you've given birth to this new being. Um, and at the end of perimenopause, what you've given birth to is the new you. And I just thought, oh, that's great. You know, you go through all this and at the end you have a new you. Uh, so that's really what I'm trying to help women discover is, you know, what's, what are they going to be like for the next few decades of their lives? And uh, what I do in the group is really provide information that's sort of like a buffet, um, I'm also a firm believer in both the conventional and the deeply woo side of medicine and health. So um, I try to just provide a buffet of choices and, you know, not dictate you should be taking hormones or you should never take hormones, but rather like here are all these great practitioners who offer their services to women our age. Um, what resonates with you? So that kind of information, mm. inspiration, um, for getting healthy and being truly radiant in this stage of life. Uh, so the best way to find me is to go to my website, which is simplyhealthcoaching.com. And maybe the best place to start would be um, on the contact page. So simplyhealthcoaching.com slash contact. And you have a bunch of options there. You can schedule a free consultation. You can become a member of my group. You can sign up for my email list. So 
really that might be the best place to start. Ah, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and uh, Dr. Vicki? Dr. Vicki? <laughs> Hello? Sorry, I was there? talking with my mute on. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, so you got me? You hear me? Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. So if you could uh, uh, let typically- people uh, go ahead. For sure. Um, so typically I see, uh, I think I was saying earlier, I typically see patients that are, you know, coming up on middle age, uh, you know, 40s, uh, 50s, 60s that are looking to, you know, prevent or even reverse chronic illnesses that they've already been diagnosed with. Um, and so it's sort of my passion to, to help people um, come back and realize that they can recover um, and, and perhaps even be better, become better um, after they mm-hmm. have uh, started to slip um, with, their, with their health in their lives. Um, it's what I love the most. And, and I really love providing um, like a safe healing space for, for anyone that's new to holistic medicine. I consider myself kind of a bridge, right, because, you know, because I've interacted in both worlds. So a lot of times people who will come to me because um, or who come to me um, seeking something new, but, but still a little bit nervous about um, holistic medicine or naturopathic medicine, they feel comfortable because, you know, because I speak in both languages for them. Um, So I I feel, so I, I value, you know, being that space for them. Um, I also um, value being a, um, a, a place for people who want or need something different, you know, underserved communities or especially mm. people, you know, who feel like medicine has been sort of one size fits all. Um, and, you know, as, you know, especially like women who struggle with weight problems, you know, this idea that, you know, you can't be healthy because you're overweight. Um, I, I, I'm not sure I've ever read a shred of real evidence about that. And I want to, I want women to know that their weight does not define their health. And so I'm a, I'm a super advocate for the health at every size mm. movement. Um, mm, and so I want that. to be that safe space um, for women in that. Um, I, um, that said, I want to be a safe space for people in that, not just women. I, I see men commonly. Um, I think the best way to reach me is, you know, through my website, uh, which is, uh, drmodica.com and Modica's uh, spelled M-O-D-I-C-A, just like the first name Monica, but with a D in the middle. Um, or uh, they can reach me by uh, my business phone, which is 206-395-9870. And I always offer a free hey. consultation uh, to people. Oh, first great. chat with me is, yeah, is free. Great, great. And also those people listening, if you if you need the number again, it's on the Body Mind Spirit Guide Radio website. Also posted on my Facebook page and uh I love that. A safe space and a bridge and uh that you can be healthy no matter your weight. Like that there or that the weight isn't uh wow, another myth dispelled. That is beautiful. Um mm-hmm. and Jessica? Yeah, so I do take care of women that are over forty trying to get pregnant, but for all of fertility, uh, we are seeing such a massive 
rise in infertility. It was uh, one in 10 about 10 years ago. Now it's 23%. And so that's rising pretty dramatically. And we are also seeing a concurrent exponential increase in childhood illnesses such as ADD, ADHD, autism, allergies, asthma. And since those curves are, they're really on the same trajectory, it seems that when we take care of mom, it is highly reasonable to presume that we are also decreasing the likelihood of those illnesses in babies. So even the woman who is in her 20s who wants to get pregnant, who wants to just make sure that they are optimized in order to get themselves in that perfect position where they are vibrant and radiant so that they can conceive, um, those women come to me um, anywhere from there to just finding out that you aren't ovulating well or you were told that you couldn't get pregnant you know, a million years ago, all the way up to those women who have had numerous trials of IVF um, and all of those um, in between that I do take care of all of those different areas. Uh, so um, the best way to reach me is, um, so it's Mindful Wellness Fertility. Uh, the phone number is 734-210-0132. And I'll let you know that the number in the magazine is not correct, but this is the correct number. Uh, and you can email me at jessica at mindfulwellnessfertility.com. Uh, my website is mindfulwellnessfertility.com. However, it's under construction right now. Um, if you wanted to watch a video on mitochondria um, and um, how allopathic and functional medicine can work hand in hand, uh, you could go to www.jessica-preston.com, uh, and that is a professional site uh, where at the bottom, if you scroll down, you can watch about an hour-long video that was presented to medical providers on mitochondrial health and, and uh, options for um, helping boost that health and how we look at this whole paradigm. Uh, also, um, if you want to subscribe on that, if I have future videos and educational videos, um, then they'll be sent to you. And those are the best ways to reach me. Thank you so much, ladies. This is, um, I have been just uh, inspired and learned so much, and I can just feel all the people that will be helped by this information. This is such a powerful show and life-changing information. I, I was thinking, uh, yes, uh, we need to, this could be a whole webinar. This could be a whole series. And I'm just kind of throwing that out to the <laughs> ethers, it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, this is, we just, we just got, I mean, there's, there's like each of you are saying, well, this is a topic that I could spend more time on. And um, gosh, and I can just, I know there's such a need for this information. So uh, thank you so much for being on the show. And um, gosh, uh, hope that, like I said, uh, listeners, oh, you're so welcome. And listeners, please please share this. Please uh, uh, share this information, and um, and uh, let me just change the buttons here on the studio. All right, there we go. And um, the information for each of these ladies will be posted on Beautiful Earth, and uh, you can look at previous shows where I have hosted Andrew Harvey, Marion Williamson, Michael Beckwith, but as well as local community leaders like Dr. Vicki and Jessica and Liz, and uh, please go to their websites, and they have a resource of, inf or, um, resource of information, and um, such, I mean, I just, I guess I just am beyond words right now of how, what incredible information this was today. You know, I've been around the natural health field and in it for 25 years, and I learned something new today. I mean, this is, 
this is what um, this is what changes life, and this is what can make a difference. And um, uh, please utilize these these amazing women and uh, their their websites, and go to Jessica's talk. And um, so, thank you so much for listening and taking this time for yourself. And please share this with people that you love. Um, you can reach me uh, if you'd like to make some changes in your life and have some personal healing and spiritual transformation. I do spiritual counseling. Uh, you can reach me at 734-796-6690, 734-796-6690. You can also go to my website, which is barbarawhite.com. And that's just with two A's, like Barbara Streisand, B-A-R-B-R-A, white.com. And I do have an upcoming retreat, but it's already full. Um, but I am going to be doing some workshops uh, coming up in June and July, one on how to be a love warrior, a love activist in the world, powerful tools of energy healing and self-acceptance, meditation, and nature practices. And then I'll also be teaching a ecotherapy and animal communication workshop. So look for that. You can also go to my Facebook page at barbarawhite1.com. That's where you're going to find more updates of upcoming stuff um, in my upcoming talk. All right. What an incredible blessing. All right. Take care, everyone, and have a beautiful day.